Michelle Sorrow, and this is Fire and Soul, a community where awakening leaders and truth seekers gather to unite in sovereignty in today's triggered world. Featuring courageous and compassionate conversations, Fire and Soul will help you reclaim sovereignty in life, love, and leadership. Let's listen, learn, and stand together as models for our new world, starting now. Hey there, and welcome back to Fire and Soul. I'm really excited to share this conversation with Matt Gottesman with you today. And if you're on the awakening journey and would like support and guidance in standing firm for the truth that you serve, activating the courage and conviction to speak up or even just understand how to navigate extreme emotions or polarizing conversations, I want to invite you to a really special masterclass that I'm offering today. So if you get this in real time, it's January 17th, 2022, and we've got a masterclass called Break the Spell, a masterclass in liberated living. And this masterclass is happening today at 12 p.m. Pacific, as well as 5 p.m. Pacific. So there's two options for you to join us live. And when I say us, I am co-leading this masterclass with uh, my friend and fellow awakened warrior, Michael Eisen. You may have heard him on the show just last week. So if you are interested in getting more information for that masterclass, you can head on over to liberated-leadership.com, sign up and show up, and we'd be honored to guide you through some of these really tough times that so many of us are facing. Speaking of, whoo, that fine line between hesitancy and urgency. I'm really excited to share this conversation today with Matt Gottesman. He's someone that I've been following for a while now online and through his incredible articles on Substack, and you can get a lot of that in the show resources. Matt Gottesman is a multidisciplinary creative, two-time founder, podcaster, writer, artist, and Web 3.0 enthusiast. I would also add just an incredible, awakened, kind, conscious soul. He's also an agile digital marketer and strategist by trade with a background in helping some of the world's most iconic brands realize their potential digitally. Matt is on a mission to stand for the future that we all want to create in so many different ways. This conversation takes you through a journey of how to embody self-reliance, how to understand the distinction about whether or not you are a leader already in these times and so much more. So without further ado, please enjoy this wonderful conversation with Matt Gottesman. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So this is like such a beautiful full circle moment for me because a few months ago on September 13th, I was listening to Ruby Freeman's podcast called Potent Truth. And you were a guest and I was like, who's this Matt Gottesman? And I loved the title. It's escaping me in the moment, but it was, a, it was really about navigating these very uncertain times, right? right. And you uh, said some things on that episode that were extremely pivotal for me as I was beginning to get brave and take a stand for the truth that I knew I was here to serve, even though at the time that felt deeply frightening. And uh, there was just a lot of ease and grace in the way that you guys had that very delicate, deeply compassionate communication. And, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to link that in the show notes because I don't want to take up too much of the time here, but I just wanted to say, then you went on my list of like dream guests. Cause I was like, ah, just to marinate in that conversation as an extension 
would be so beautiful to bring to my show. So thank you for really, thank you for being here. And it's just a full manifestation, full circle. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, that, that conversation was, was pretty epic. Uh, you know, we, we dove into some things, but I, I feel like in our, in all of the, these conversations, they, they go down some pretty <laughs> big rabbit holes and, you know, we're, we're living in an interesting time. So it's, there's a lot, there's a lot to, to take in. There's a lot to talk about. Right. Absolutely. And thank God you are such a gifted and talented writer. And I will also uh, link to all of the resources in which people can find you. And I believe, uh, feel deeply healed by some of the medicine that comes through you in your wisdom, especially in your writing and you're an incredible orator as well. But recently I came across something of yours on Instagram and you were talking about that fine line and distinction between urgency and hesitancy. I just thought, wow, here we go. Let's the red pill rabbit hole. Let's do it. (laughs) I'd love to just dive in there around, you know, it's a new year and so many people have just massive uncertainty. A lot of my listeners know, I know are experiencing a lot of fear and there's a lot of doom and gloom out there. And so really understanding that distinction between how do you know if it's urgent or if it's hesitancy in the world of even what sort of action to take. So this is your content. I want to just let you lead us down <laughs> the problem, my friend. <laughs> yeah. I mean, where would you want me to begin? Because what's urgent? What's he- what makes us hesitant? You know? Yeah, that distinction even. Right. In a way, not knowing what to do and sometimes just feeling so stuck. So not doing anything. Oh, yeah. Well, isn't that a um, funny, ironic thing that we we get so in our head or we're, we get so unsure that we just we just stop. But why it's ironic is because what cures it literally is injecting yourself into something, anything, anything. I don't care if it's like a hike or painting or creating something or something that you're passionate about that you are thinking about and just kind of stepping into it a little bit instantly the brain gets very focused at what's right in front of you and calms the nervous system of being stuck. Right. Because if we sit and do nothing, the mind can like really get carried away. It's, it's always interesting. Like when we think about stuck and having to combat it with movement, especially when you don't feel like moving, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like, Oh, I don't want to do anything. I can't, I can't like, no, that's exactly what you should do. And I think that's why they explain like whatever it is that's going on in your head or whatever you're fearing at the moment is probably the thing you need to do the most. I think mm. they sometimes forget to, they fail to explain. It's like, well, because you don't necessarily know what to do when you sit and think. Sometimes it's good when you're trying to get more present and you're trying to optimize something that's happening in your life and you're wanting to think through it strategically. That's great. But if you don't know what to do, you've got to inject yourself into it, into life, into something. And that will give you an answer of sorts. Oh, this feels good. Oh, I, you know, this isn't something I want to do with my life uh, per se, but I'm, I'm glad I took the time. It calmed me down. Oh, this, while being present, an answer came that I was looking for. It's all these things that happen when we're in movement and unstuck versus sitting with ourselves for too long and staying in the head, right? Totally makes sense. How funny and interesting and ironic that you would use the term. Sometimes you just need to inject yourself with something because I think that a lot of people who did uh, decide to take the jab or a couple jabs and some boosters, like some of my own family members, that was their way of not having to feel. 
not having to think, just let someone else take care of this for me. But I love what you're saying. It's like, just get out of your head, right? Back into your body and whatever that might mean for you. Like for me, nature is a big, big portal of medicine. So yeah, so that makes so much sense. Okay, so we're out of our head. Now we're back to like, all right, don't necessarily want to go down the strategic route because I don't really know what to do. So I feel like that's an urgency. They're like thinking they need to do something, but yet a lot of my listeners I know because I'm I'm just like a step beyond if that is what is our role. And this is what you spoke about with Ruby Freeman that I love so much because you were talking about understanding what your role might be. And we can't be all the roles to all the people. So it's like trying to navigate that as well. You know what I mean? I do. I do. You know, there's so much in there because we want to be many things to many people, but we can't. And you brought up a good point um, earlier where you said, you know, because um, we want somebody else to take care of it. Or we want somebody else or something else to like heal us or whatever it might be. No one is going to do that for you. Mm. No one is going to do that for you. And you don't want anybody else to do that for you because the most empowering thing you can do is to have this relationship with yourself, like really know who you are, Mm. flaws and all and ideas and all and wins and losses and all these things versus simply delegating your life to others. Now I'm not talking about like if delegation, the form of being again, strategic and saying like, Oh, I have this business. I did these tasks. I need to find somebody better to do those while I manage this side of the business. That's completely different, but delegate. But even then you did it for yourself first. So you know what to ask for and what you need based on you knowing your needs and your values. And so we, we cannot delegate what we don't understand. That that right there should end the entire conversation of what's going on in the world. But it's like, we cannot delegate what we don't understand. We have to understand, but understanding comes from an, it's an inner, it's an inside job. You know, and I get it. It's cliche. And everybody goes, I don't know how to go in. I don't know how to this and that. Yeah. You just have to sit with yourself and you have to really ask a lot of really great questions. Like, what do you need? What does matter? Why does it matter to you? Why are you attached to those things? Why does that complete you? Are you really happy with this thing over here? Like, does it really make you feel a certain way? What does it make you feel? If it feels good, would you want to do more of it? If it doesn't feel good, can you put it down? Can you put the toy down? Can you put the thing away? And if you put it away, why are you afraid? If somebody else sees you put that thing, you know, away and and not, you know, be about that anymore. Where does Mm -hmm. that come from? And I think there's, there's all of these really great questions, which scare the shit out of a lot of people because then they have to answer them. Versus I'll stay busy, I'll stay consuming, I'll stay building anything, everything, and proving myself to the external world, only to probably find myself collapse like years from now <laughs> and have to go right back to the beginning and use all the resources that I've acquired to get healthy before dying. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a very interesting play, you know. So urgency is if you can sit with yourself and ask all these questions, you start to realize, well, if I know what's really important for me and I realize that nobody is coming to save me, no one's coming to do those things per se, I have to be the things first that I would want from somebody else. How can I want from somebody else, but I'm not doing it? That should immediately put us into urgency of like, oh shit, I have a lot of work to do. And then having grace to be like, 
We're just going to take things one step at a time. And yes, we can get nervous about how fast we're moving, especially once we know what we want to do, especially if we put off for so long what we want to do. And then all of a sudden we're doing it and we want to go even faster because there's just so much pouring out. But that's life. That's the journey. We, we have to like pace so we can pick up the lessons along the way and nurture and respect the purpose, nurture and respect, whatever it is that we're, we're setting out to do in anything, in anything, you know, I mean, it's, it applies all across the board. So I'll stop there <laughs> before, you know, cause I could obviously keep going on a tear, but. Well, I love that you could keep going on a tear, which is exactly <laughs> why I'm so happy that you are here. You know, you said something um, on this same topic on your own show. You said, if we don't tie our next move to anyone else's validation, we are way ahead of most people. I think that and I'll just include myself here. I was so afraid to come out, come out of the red pill closet, if you will, on this show. And it felt frightening. And I was so afraid of being ostracized. I was so afraid of my old paradigm and patterns and programming that, by the way, I worked really hard to build. And it was like, it felt like it was at such, it was at stake. It was, I was at risk of losing everything. And it actually turned out not to be true. I had to first have self-trust. First, though, in order to have self-trust, I had to be able to access and be with all of the most uncomfortable feelings and fears. And then I was able to make my first steps. And I love that you also said it's like when you don't know what step to take, take any step. Any step is a step. Let's um, expand on that for a moment because... That's a very real potent truth right there in the words of Ruby Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you said something so, so great. Uh, well, a lot of what you just said was really great. And it reminded me when I was young, uh, I think I might have been maybe eight years old. So for context, my parents are very critical thinking, non-status quo, do your own, like figure it out yourself. You know, my father, God rest his soul, passed away two years ago, but him and mom were very... Um, they were very good. They were exceptional parents to me. And I remember when I was eight, they said, always ask questions in class. Everybody else is probably thinking it. Don't be afraid to ask. You're doing them a favor. Even if like one of them, like, you know, makes fun of you, just ask. And I remember I was in class and I raised my hand a lot and I was asking all these questions. And then one kid, I remember one time, only one time, you know, said something like, um, you know, oh, like another question. I'm like, don't act like you don't want to know yourself. You know, like I snapped on the kid and wow. the kid stopped and the teacher actually smiled and laughed because the teacher probably knew more than any of us eight-year-olds did, obviously. Well, you hope. <laughs> so um, why I say that is because when you were saying about you were worried about being ostracized or worried about, you know, doing something before anybody else is or before you're ready, most of the, none of us are ever ready per se. Um, I think over time you, you naturally feel ready with uncertainty because you've done it so many times, but most of us are never ready. We, when you think, think about leadership, it's also about, all right, I'll go first. I'm going to do it because if I don't do it, then I'm only my words to you as a community. Mm. So I'm going to do it first and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to leap and you guys are going to watch me. And who knows what it's going to do. I know one way or another, I'm going to make it work, especially if it's around what I want to do. It should be around what I want to do, but we cannot lead if we don't like step into it ourselves mm-hmm. and on end, not leading for the sake of, let me go lead people lead for the sake of, let me set an example 
And then that way I'm also not responsible, you know, and having to be the, um, you know, enabler of other people, but more of like the, like, Hey, let me show you, like, I'll do it. And then feel free in this space for you to now feel comfortable doing it. You don't need permission, but Hey, if you feel like somebody else is doing it, I'll go first. I'll ask the question. I'll jump in. I'll, I'll do it. That's where to transition to the, you know, the, if you don't know what to do, take a step. Anything we want to do, there's, there's not really, there's not really a knowing until you kind of start diving into all the details, how you might know it. I mean, yeah, sometimes the brain can block on, on even things that we're very passionate about, but for the most part, I think the things that you're naturally curious about, you enjoy researching and asking different people and going to different communities and and finding out more and taking those steps. And so the natural progressive next step is to just be like, okay, now I'll try it. If you're not sure why you're doing something, well, I shouldn't even say that. Maybe it's for the wrong reasons. Then yeah, it may be harder to take a next step because there's resistance maybe there for a reason. I mean, resistance is tricky. It could either be because maybe you shouldn't be doing it or it could be because maybe you should be doing it. Um, But either way, a next step will give you an answer. And I think that like, again, removing the judgment of other people, you know, I kind of like the whole idea of this might work. (laughs) You know, We'll see. And all I'll gain a lot actually is even if it doesn't fully work out when I step into it, I've gained some knowledge, some skill sets, you know, some information inputs answers to what I should do next and even heightens the creativity to be like, how can I, now that I knew that thing that like I can remove from that experience, but I need that over here. So essentially we're always forward moving. That's why I think people look at it as like, you know, Oh, what a huge step back. I'm like, but was it, or Mm. did you just get a whole bunch of inputs that can, some of them can serve the very next step. And so we don't know those unless we move. And I feel like everybody, and I get it, everybody wants enough information. They want to be prepared. What does that even mean? What does prepared even mean? Like, if you've never done it before, how could you be prepared? <laughs> like, you wouldn't even know what's going to come. Like, I wouldn't even know what to guess. Now, as we get older, we have enough experience to turn into wisdom that we can say, I know ways to prepare once I'm in it thinking that I know, I know certain things can happen, but like that didn't come without experience. That's where I, I really started switching over the last few years of we cannot seek external validation or approval at all for a lot of reasons, <laughs> but also because I cannot rely on anybody else to deliver the results that I could possibly channel. Like I could never do that. If I wait on them, I then place an expectation of them to behave in a way that is really saying that's how I should be behaving. Because what do people do? They get upset at another, whether it's a loved one, a stranger, whoever, for not performing in the way that you could. Yeah, because you should be doing it, maybe. The more self-reliance we have, taking those steps, moving in faith, moving in like, let me try this out, all these things the more we fortify ourselves, and the less we're actually affected by the outside world. And the more the outside world in a lot of ways ends up actually leaning on us from a better place versus taking from us. They're more kind of like, Oh, wow. Like, let me support, let me, you know, 
let me lean on, you know, how he or she is doing it. So it's a lot in there, but, you know, but that the next move is the next move. There, there isn't, the answer only comes from it. It's not, it doesn't precede it basically. Right. So well said. Thank you for all of that. That was <laughs> meta and yet it was granular at the same time. So people can just kind of take what they needed from that. But what, what kept coming up for me as you were sharing and, even as the eight-year-old little boy, and thank you for sharing that awesome story, you seem to have, and maybe I'm wrong and let me know, an inherent courage and bravery, maybe instilled from you, from your parents and the upbringing. But I feel like what's happening this time is people have lost their sense of innate sense of courage, right? Talk about self-reliance. And I think so many people are afraid to even trust in that concept because maybe they've never tried it. So what was your experience? Yes. All the way back from eight years old and raising your hand and be like, but what about this? Well, have you considered that? Or, you know, I can totally see you in the classroom asking the questions that nobody else is asking and you're still doing it by the way. Thank you. Um, you know, credit to my parents. Mm. I get now connecting the dots between life experience and some really great spiritual mentors along the way who helped me understand you were being prepared for where we're heading, not for the time we're living in, mm. um, both beyond when we pass, but also even in this lifetime, I get what everybody's going through. I get every emotion, that and highly sensitive. I can feel energy. So I get what almost is going on in almost every person's head, um, which is why I have a lot of empathy <laughs> because I'm like, Ooh, I, yeah. I can feel what, what you're, what you're going through, even if you're really being an asshole right now, <laughs> you know, whatever it might be, but like, but God bless, like it's, there's something going on inside. I was very fortunate for many years being the outcast, doing it differently, the nonconformist, the anti-status quo, talking about these things. And also there's this beautiful marriage between the way I was raised and the way society wouldn't like let me in to certain things. Um, when mm -hmm. I say that, meaning like I noticed very early on corporate America was not for me and their behavior didn't align. I didn't understand why. Mm. Not all, not all, but a lot. And I didn't mm. understand what was going on, but I, there was something intuitively going on inside. Again, I must have been prepared with something. Mm. I noticed it in the education system, you know, mm. and I went all the way with education and God bless the education, um, you know, and I had some great teachers along the way, but I noticed even in the education, even as I was, you know, uh, dealing with, higher education and still being an outcast and being like, Oh yeah, no, that doesn't really, you know, apply here. And I'm like, I actually think it does, you know, because of like, I knew where we were heading with, te with technology. Right. Again, outcast again, I'm like, there's a reason I'm not fitting in and I'm not exactly sure why I was mm -hmm. constantly, you know, in a lot of those particular environments, not the ones I placed myself into eventually, but a lot of those environments kind of look at it as like the, you know, the outcast in a lot of ways. And so that is lonely for a while <laughs> when, when you are like, is it me? You know, like, am I just, you know, <laughs> until we, until we really also have a, a stronger relationship with ourselves. So I, I, I was able to, you know, that taught me that as well too. And yeah. And then, so there was just a lot of things, education, the medical system, there's so many different systems. And so I was like, okay, something isn't necessarily aligned. And I'm also not going to point a finger. 
I'm not going to, I'm just going to basically, I'm going to double down on, you know, self-awareness, self-reliance, self-love, compassion, empathy, honesty, directness, boundary, like all of the steps. And so now last year happened from not from, you know, the crisis mode, but more so from the individual crises as a collective, what everybody was experiencing, loss of job, check, loss of money, check, not me now, actually. (laughs) Well, I'll get to that in a minute. Watching what they were all going through, uh, loss of friends, death, Mm -hmm. divorce. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, pick a subject that they Mm -hmm. were all experiencing maybe for the first time. And weirdly enough, I was like, I dealt with that, I dealt with that, I dealt with that, I dealt with that, I dealt with that years ago. Not to say that I I won't ever continuously keep dealing with new things. I mean, death is imminent and, you know, um, you know, loss is imminent. I mean, there's so many different things. I just learned to cultivate a different relationship with myself. So I was much more prepared and it only took 20 years for people to be like, oh, wait a minute, you're not. So you're not crazy. You know, it's like, Hey, have you heard about this like whole internet and zoom thing? I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm like, I've only been like working in as a consultant in the internet and building stuff on the internet for like 20 years. Now I get it. Like, Hey, have you heard of this thing? (laughs) What did you think? You guys just thought I was a bum for many years. Like not really like, you know, doing any real work. Right. Like I, like I even had a family member was like, have you ever heard of zoom? I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, all right. So I feel blessed in that I can, hopefully offer light in a time for a lot of people that there's new concepts happening that they didn't think were possible that not only did I have to discover them myself, but I also, on my bigger accounts, I was actually talking about this for many years. Like, you know, these jobs were identities for a lot of people still Mm -hmm. are. Some of them Mm -hmm. haven't really taken a stand on certain things because what will they be without them Mm -hmm. alive? That's what you'll be you'll be alive without them. You'll be fine without them. You got this far. You know how to do the work or make something happen. You're just scared of starting over. I've had to start over four or five times. I totally get it. By the way, it gets way better, way better. <laughs> so I, I just, I have a lot of empathy for people because they're frustrated. And I know a lot of people are like wanting to shake them and, you know, whether it's wake them up or whatever, I'm not here to wake anybody up. Um, yes. I'm here to, I'm not here to convince anybody of anything. I can't, that's not my role. That's not anybody's role. Everybody is responsible for optimizing their time on earth mm. and elevating their behavior and their soul and their, you know, and, and figure out, what they're going to contribute while they're here from a much bigger place than that corporate CEO job. By the way, that's part of it. That can be part of it. Like, absolutely. I'm just saying not to attach an identity that keeps us disconnected. Mm. That's basically. And so I feel like we're witnessing just a lot of fear of uncertainty because the job, the money, the house, the cars, the immense consumerism Mm. with a heightened state of visibility through social media Mm. has created a whole other world of expectations 
versus mm-hmm. simply feeling good, like actually like feeling aligned and not concerned that you're juggling so much that at any one time, one of those balls fall and it's like a house of cards, a domino effect. And so, yeah. So I, I think we're, we're witnessing this really unique spiritual time that is ugly and messy at times, depending on where you're at and not you, but the general you, um, where a person is at in that spectrum. That's why you see some who are holding a lot of space are like, I know you don't get me. I know you don't like what you know my choices are. I know you don't this. I know you don't that. I'm still here for you. Yeah. How could you act like that? You know, how you're the problem. You're this. You're like, already, if you're saying that, you're being divisive. And that will never work. It never has. It mm-hmm. never has. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. So I, I just, I have a lot of empathy because I, I, I remember myself eight, nine years ago of like, I remember at one point, I was like, like I was going through divorce. So I was like, oh, I'm, you know, wifeless, jobless. My, 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 I just got out of school, jobless, in debt. I had to start over from scratch. I was like penniless, homeless, because the, the place that we had together, like we both moved on from it. <laughs> you know, like oh. I was like, I was like, all these things. I don't like to use those words because like they're also not my narrative. It was just, I was without, I was without certain things mm-hmm. all at the same time. And I'm like, okay, clean slate. Let's start again. Now, see, I did that eight, nine years ago. And so, and rebuilt intentionally with a couple of like, you know, pivots along the way, but different. And so I tell a lot of people, I'm like, it's just time for a pivot. I'm not asking for anything drastic from you. I'm just saying that there's some areas you might want to observe that you've been putting a little bit on autopilot, relying on systems or other people or titles or certain expectations or certain things that you were juggling that are giving you an identity in this world that you are afraid of losing. And I completely can understand that because what that, what does that mean? If you don't have those things, then who are you? And fuck, imagine if you now you have to actually sit with yourself and be like, Oh shit. Like who am I actually really? Well, isn't that a rabbit hole and to all of a sudden lose an identity and not know where to go from there. And I get that. I totally get there, but you can go wherever you want from there. And that's the whole thing is that you, when you clean a slate, and it's very quiet and everybody's gone, essentially. No, you're not everybody, but most. You're kind of like left to be like, ah, so what do I really want? Mm, isn't that the fundamental question for this most important time yeah. in humanity's history? What do you want? Gosh, there's so much there. <laughs> um, there's so much there. You know, at the end of the day, it brings me back to something else that you recently said um, on one of your podcast episodes. And you said, everything becomes uncertain, uncertain until it becomes certain. And even then it's uncertain. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of my listeners, we do come from a lot of Tony Robbins rooms. Um, That was a a first special teacher for me to just wake me up to so much more. And getting out of an identity that I thought that would mean that I mattered and I was worthy and I'm right, finally right. lovable, right? If I'm on TV and then that got annihilated in the best possible way. But that time prepared me for this time. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so this is what we're dealing with is, and by the way, he always speaks about, right? The quality of your life is directly proportionate to the quality of your relationship with uncertainty. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and then even becoming an entrepreneur in this space, coaching, <laughs> training, all of that, like 
whoo, you know, that's a beautiful lesson in uncertainty. But still, not a lot of people have had those experiences. And so here we're looking at a deeply uncertain time. But what I keep coming back to for myself is I have to have certainty within my soul that I'm being guided, I'm being led, I'm loved, I'm supported, and I don't need to have it all figured out, but I need to take a step forward in my truth and and just be willing to face whatever might come back at me. And then you strengthen and fortify that sense of self-reliance. And then, of course, you condition and discipline your mind to be able to face anything and everything. Well, We hope. <laughs> yeah, we hope. I mean, that's exactly it. Um, confidence comes from dealing with the uncertain. And mm. I think the reason we're afraid of dealing with uncertainty a lot of times is because what if somebody says something mean? What if somebody yeah. rejects? What if, what if, what if all these other things? Then deal with it. When somebody yells at me now, because I, I practice, if somebody yells at me, first of all, no one's going to be more on it on me than me. You're yeah. already losing. You're already losing. <laughs> exactly. Especially in business, I see every mistake. I know it before you do. Mm. I don't need you to tell me what I'm doing wrong. I need Mm. you to tell me what you need. If Mm. you tell me what I'm doing wrong, then it gives me the open opportunity, and I won't do it, but I can always say, would we like to talk about what you're doing wrong? Because then what we're going to do is we're going to get into a a battle of defensiveness and all this other stuff. I'm not going to do that. Instead, instead, you're upset, and if you're upset, we're going to lean in and have a conversation where most people say, no, 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 I'm fine. Or they retreat or they this or that. No, we're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. People think love being like their heart gets broken. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Your ego gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Love, your heart is your truth. And I've said this on another podcast and it's very important. I think it's very potent. It's listen, I don't like necessarily the way that you um, are sounding to me right now or talking or whatever it might be. Let's talk about what's going on with you that, A, you think that this is okay to talk that way. And B, what's going on with you? What do you need right now? You'll disarm people immediately. Now, if you don't, and they're defensive, it's because they're being triggered in a way now, like, oh my God, like the mirror, like just spoke back to me. Yeah, it just spoke back to you. We we have to like, when things happen, like uncertainty, well, what if this person rejects, you know, this idea? I'd be like, listen, Curious why you're rejecting it. Um, I'm trying to um, make it a little bit better for the next, you know, uh, step so I can reposition it to keep moving forward with it because I'm not ready to let it go. I, I think it actually still has some legs. Can you give mm-hmm. me some uh, some input? Oh, yeah. Did you ever start to think that maybe they're actually a catalyst for you now and they actually become like kind of a person, like a weird one time mentor that like says like a whole bunch of stuff that you take down? You're like, thank you. Actually, I'm going to run with that idea. And you just tweaked my multimillion dollar idea and made it a $10 million idea. Appreciate you moving on. Like we, we take things so personal and I get it. I, I very much get the taking things personally until, until I learned that I was taking things personally. I didn't understand Mm -hmm. it until I learned that. And I, why was I taking it personally because of based on the relationship that I was having with myself. So uncertainty is actually a very beautiful thing. It's Mm -hmm. just that I think in our head, we worry about the outcomes because heaven forbid, when the outcome that we don't want should happen, we now have to just lean in and deal with it. But it just the more you practice it, it disarms it, it disarms it. After a while, you're like, you're moving from uncertainty to uncertainty. Most of it, by the way, becomes really good because the attitude is shifting and the fortification is happening and the confidence is happening. And you ask enough questions, right? Let's go back to eight-year-old me. You ask enough questions, you'll find enough answers. 
And I just, I feel like if you receive an answer that you either don't like, or you are in the middle of a situation that doesn't feel good in the way you are treated or the way, whatever it might be, lean into it. Even with that person, people Mm -hmm. that need love the most, what is it? The people that are hardest to love need it the most. So Mm -hmm. in a situation where like somebody, I do this in business now all the time. Moment someone's yelling, I'm like, there should be absolutely no yelling. So like, let's, let's rewind real quick what's going on. But that also takes a lot of practice too, because what happens is our nervous system starts pounding, pounding the moment somebody is attacking us verbally, you know, you know, right away, we're, we're ready to fight. We're ready to defend. We're ready. You know, think about why you're ready to defend because you know, you actually know that what they're saying isn't right, but you want to defend it anyways. Well, maybe, maybe they, they might be right. They might be right. But again, back to the relationship with yourself. And so happy people don't attack. So there's something going on on the other side, usually. Mm, such a good point. I remember um, one of the one of my sort of braver posts in the beginning. I was wearing my big fuzzy jacket outside, and I was feeling really empowered that day. And <laughs> and uh, and the phrase at the time running around on social was "hold the line." Right? It's obviously a little different now, but it was "hold the line." <laughs> And uh, and I said, holding the line in the strictest lockdown county in America, because um, I'm here in the L.A. area. And uh, and of course, that got some response. A lot of people like what you mean by hold the line completely unaware. That's OK. But then one of my uh, friends that I've known for a long time, not a close friend, but a social media friend. And way back in the day, we might have had a couple of dates long, long time ago. Uh, but someone that I respect and I admire on a lot of levels. And uh, but he was just like, Michelle, you should be using your platform so much more responsibly. Like, how could you be spreading such misinformation, blah, 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 blah. And uh, and so I had to sit with that. Right. Because that was the fear. It's like, oh, shit, if I say anything and someone comes at me, someone that like used to really like me, admire me, too. It was this mutual agreement that we had with our identities. Right. This is all. And I had to look at all of that and be with all of it. And my response ultimately, which was like two days later, was, I know that you can't see this right now, but I will never stop holding space that maybe one day you do. I care about you so deeply. And that was it. And it was neutralized in the words of uh, what I love is your one of your titles on Instas. It was alchemized. There was nothing to do from there. I felt whole and complete and I saw him as whole and complete. There was nothing to battle as an identity preservation, A, or B, um, to try to prove my point. Uh-uh. I'm not here for that. With respect, we're struggling in the macro right now because there is an extreme amount of lack of respect mm. where everybody is at. At the same time, I get it, though, because mm-hmm. uh, there's also a lot of warrior-like mentality of we have to do what's right you know we we have to you know for john while there's a lot of inappropriate behavior um and disrespect and that's tough that's 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 that can be tough it can be very battling inside of like i'm gonna do the right thing and and embody respect even while there's a lot of disrespect but for the most part what would solve most communication needs or if not all is respect and i feel like if the divisiveness between people will never win ever mm. it mm. can't mm. um and so 
there has to be a like a union of of respect of like well catalyze catalyst being respect where people can kind of come together and be like let's let's work on this together mm-hmm. what do you know what do i know let's let's have these conversations and let's be open to like we're like so you're you're obviously talking from your experiences your inputs your family, your media, your this or that. You're okay. You're going coming from this angle. You're coming from that. Oh, and then also your collective experiences growing up. Got it. So I think the better we understand each other, the better we can understand why pe- different people are making different choices. You know, outside the blatant abuse. <laughs> That's, I mean, more obvious to some than others. And um, so yeah, I, I think really it comes down with the way we neutralize. And the way we come together is through respect of being like, hey, listen, like, I'm not going to judge you. And, and ironically, the ones that are scared the most are also probably very scared of being judged. That's why they want to hang on to their thing, their life, their title, their, their, all the stuff. You know, they're actually somewhat insecure, I would I would say, in, to some degree. And who isn't, by the way, let's neutralize that across all the board. Who doesn't deal with insecurity? Exactly. everybody does right yeah. Everybody it is that's part of our path of, of understanding who we are mm-hmm. so i think that if we can neutralize somebody in their like in their behavior when especially if they're very attacking um mm-hmm. like you know i can respect whatever empowers you from the place you're at i don't have to agree with you mm-hmm. but it is very important that i show you respect that you can, you know, that you can feel free to express that and feel mm. comfortable in what you're expressing. Now, if you're not feeling comfortable and you want to have that talk, I'm okay with that too. Mm-hmm. But me behaving that way to you shows you, again, leading by example of like, so I would also ask for that in return. And I believe that you can owe me that if I'm behaving that way to you. And then if you can't, that's okay too. But you will also have to understand why I would keep moving. And then we're not, you know, just everybody's just not attacking as much, you know, but I mean, that's a whole other, I get it's a whole other level of play. And I get when you're dealing with the amount of emotions that are being stirred up that have been, that have been really swept under the rug for a very long time. A lot of this deals, there's so much more going on with everybody that, you know, um, they haven't had to deal with because of being swept under the rug for so long. And you know yeah. what? You just you just shed light on another little poignant moment that I remember when I, I I was going through something extremely traumatic to say the least. September 10th, I left my apartment in Santa Monica overnight and just like like defected at a city that I thought was a place that I would always have a little home for the rest of my life, massive identity. Three days later. I found that podcast with you and Ruby. And I remember you saying something like the people who are the most scared to even consider what you are suggesting or what you claim to be the truth, right? From your own research and you getting yourself informed. If they even considered that, it would mean potentially that their entire identity and all the choices they had made up until that moment were wrong. And I think that we're still still very much in that even with some of the production staff on my podcast, I'll just say it right now. You know, it's it's very terrifying 
for a lot of people to consider what we are sharing. And we're really kind of speaking about it in a nebulous term, but my listeners know what we're really referencing here. Because at the end of the day, the macro experience of what's happening in humanity and maybe the intergalactic you know, you know, universe is always a reflection of what's happening internally. And this is why you keep saying it over and over and over again. It's the deep inner work. We've got to take a look at all this stuff and, and, and get curious. Like, why am I not asking questions? Why am I unwilling to just consider what this person that I have loved and respected for maybe our whole lives is saying, you know, and, and there's just, there's so much beauty in, and uh, harmony in that if we can just have a dialogue. And I remember you saying that even on that particular episode, by the way, that was clearly very pivotal for me because you're like, we got to start asking questions, just yeah. asking yeah. questions just to get people to come back to a connection versus the content that's just memorized. Right. Yeah, that's, that's well put versus what's mm-hmm. memorized. I'm not asking you to regurgitate what you heard. I mm-hmm. want you to regurgitate what you feel. Mm. What do you feel inside? What's going on? I don't care that like, it's okay. If like, you can say, you know what? I work my ass off to have this life that I have. And I'd say, I get it. I totally get it. Mm. And you're worried about losing it, right? Yeah. Mm. Okay. I get it. I have empathy because I've been there. And I think if I don't behave with empathy, then I'm behaving like the behavior that I don't agree with, that I despise. I'm, I'm now, I'm now not leading. And so, you know, mm. you're, but that the point, you know, that you brought up and yeah, that I brought on up on Ruby's podcast about um, what does it mean if what I'm saying is right? I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's right. I'm just saying that if you ask questions and you start looking at some things and they don't align with some former things, what will that mean for anybody? And by the way, this isn't just for what's what's happening now. This is in life period. People who had one job. I know people who were like, they were accountants and now they're like, you know, sustainable farmers. (laughs) I know people who were like, you know, it's like they just gave up one life for another. They were like, huh, wait a minute. They just started having, it's just growth. It's just growth. It's just what used to matter may no longer matter because priorities are changing. When you start to really think about what matters. So, yeah, I have a lot of empathy for people who that's some scary shit for a lot of people. You know, that's scary for because I remember what it felt like to when you're like, what if I have to let this go? Or what if um, in some cases I was very fortunate. Universe just ripped it for me. (laughs) So I'm like, so I I tell a lot of people, I'm like, you all get an opportunity now to like pick a choice. I'm like, I had no choice. It was like, Hey, by the way, you know how like you like all these things over here and that, you know, you want all this. And like, and because I was a loyalist and I wouldn't even leave no matter how much I was over giving the situation. I feel like God, you know, was just like, this kid is so persistent. I can't get him to like, see like the abuse in this work environment or in this particular like mode of operation. I'm going to have to remove a few things so he can start questioning a few things. Mm, Yes. Unrelated to all of this years ago. So that's why I get like, we're being given an opportunity to simply under a microscope, look at some things and you know, start getting a little bit more in touch with our priorities, you know, and I get it because they're very, um, 
again, they're very, well, I want to be responsible men. I want to be responsible. I'm going to be a provider. I want to be all these things. Like, I don't want to be irresponsible. And like, like, let me just give it like, no, I get it. I get it. Believe me. I get it. Um, you can be, well, one being responsible by making good choices is the most responsible thing you can do. And then two, you can start to do work differently in a way that slowly shifts Mm -hmm. or to make sure that you're working towards priorities that are much more aligned with your values and what resonates more than simply saying, I will be all this. I will work away from the home or work nonstop. I will do all these things, uh, you know, and, and, you know, that's not being in touch with, you know, as much, uh, with yourself as, as you think. And so, um, but that also, that takes a lot of courage because, you know, especially speaking as a man, you know, we want to, we want to lead, we want to be providers. We want to be responsible. We want to be trusted. We want all these things. And who am I, if I make a different choice than the people who are relying on me, all of a sudden, that's a big thing too. That's why I think there's also a lot of interesting thing going on between men and women right now as well, where we need each other. We need each other. More than anything, we, we need each other, you know, all partnership dynamics. But I'm saying that the masculine and feminine, they need each other. And every person has both in them. But like the men, men and women, we need each other. We, we, we have to kind of come back to some of the traditional things that are innately in us that are, were beautifully given as energy force, not as a like, societal label uh, or uh, influence, but as a, as a gift as gifts that we were naturally given coming into this world. And um, so, yeah, I, I just, that's, I feel like I'm <laughs> probably going on so, so many different I, tales, but, I so love that. And I so appreciate that from a clearly masculine point of view, right? The divine masculine. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm seeing this beautiful dance and polarity that gosh, Mother Earth is just demanding of us in our awakening, which is that divine feminine, that divine masculine flow. And yeah, of course, I know how to bring out the fire goddess. I'm really good at that. She's a manifester. She knows how to produce results, all that. Even the energy in which I'm saying it right now, I can relate to. But there's a softening that's coming over me, but it's because I'm feeling stronger, right? So when I relax. It's because I know I'm good. I know God's got my back. I know everything is going to be okay. Do I know that every day in every moment? Absolutely not. But I know how to get myself back there from those tools in my arsenal to help me drop into that divine feminine. Does that make sense? Do I know it every day? No, but I pray. <laughs> when, I, when I say pray, I, the relationship that I cultivated with myself created a stronger relationship with God in that mm-hmm. We know we can, yeah. we can hear, we really know. Yeah. And being able to listen mm-hmm. and walk in what we know, it takes a, a tremendous amount of practice and faith Ooh. and practice preceding faith <laughs> sometimes, um, maybe faith preceding practice, who knows, you know, um, but yeah. Um, but we know, and so that is where, when we tap into our, our natural gifts and then also mm-hmm. our natural, you know, masculine and, and the feminine, um, where we can actually support each other yet again, yes. Yes. um, in a, in a new, you know, I only want to be trusted 
in whole by the choices I make, by my integrity. Yes. Um, and by doing the right thing, mm-hmm. even when it's not fun. Mm-hmm. But um, or convenient. <laughs> or convenient. Mm-hmm. Or convenient. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there will be some, if not many, that really appreciate and love and honor and respect that. Yes. And then there might be some that aren't understanding of that yet. And so again, that kind of goes back to fortifying ourselves and, you know, and, um, you know, and I, I put up a post um, the night on stories about, you know, the, the, the growing dynamic of, of women kind of coming back to the original feminine <laughs> where they were so, they are so strong, mm. so knowing because mm. women naturally operate from the heart. It's truth. Mm. Heart is truth. You can't escape that. You can't hide it. You can't put stuff over. You could try, but women are truth. Women are the, are, are the heart, you know, and then, you know, society over the last 100, 200 years is very, you know, thousands of years too as well, different times, but like, you know, more modern history, um, we're very um, divisive <laughs> in some ways and suppressing mm-hmm. of what women already naturally brought to the table from a very powerful place. And we can mm. go back to kings in history and we can look at pharaohs and the way that they had with their wives and the queens and kings, you mm. know, and Alexander the Great, and Marcus Aurelius. And like, and I've mentioned this before, like these philosopher kings who had incredible support from mm. amazingly smart, loving, in tune, like women that were... <laughs> just pillars of strength and brought life into this world. Like, like not just physically, but I mean, brought life, like managed life, uh, took a, a warrior man and made sure to ground him in his heart. So he can see clearly back on the battlefield every time he goes back out. Right. So there's just, I mean, that's a whole rabbit hole, but I, I guess I'm just saying that like, we all need each other on this planet period. We all need each other. So, um, and and I'm not also asking for a utopic society and I'm not asking for like, you know, where, oh yes, we all like, we all equally distribute this. And what I'm, what I'm saying is that like, no, we all equally have to do the work and we all equally have to support from doing the initial work because now we have respect and empathy and compassion and love and trust and all of these values because we actually embody them. And if I embody them and you embody them and everybody else embodies them, now we're all actually working keyword together versus expecting from everybody else, right? I feel like this episode, this conversation (laughs) just took a turn with a new title. It's like, it's the reclamation (laughs) of self-reliance. That's the essence of this entire conversation. And it's such a, such a, you know, important topic to dive into for each person. There's a couple of follow-up questions. Um, I think two final questions. One is you and I had a conversation on the phone last week and you said something to the effect of if you are awakened in this time, you are already a leader. You may not know it. You may not know what your role is, but know that. Can you expand on that for a moment? Yeah. You know, that uh, gave me great empowerment, by the way, even though I'm already kind of dipping the toe in and taking one step, any step, messy steps at a time. Uh, definitely has not been perfect, which of course it's how it's supposed to be. How does anyone know how to operate in this time? Right. But I, I heard that and I was like, 
Yes, that's who we are. We're leaders in this time. The fact that we are awake, but I'd like to hear your two cents on it. Yeah, I remember that. The fact that you, a person is thinking for themselves and wanting to better their individual growth place in this world from Mm -hmm. a more holistic, knowing, inner work side puts you ahead, regardless of where you're at in that process. That to me means you're, you are willing to step into light, to truth. Mm. And that's not always easy. <laughs> Mostly for a lot of reasons. One, leaving, what are we leaving behind? Yes. Everything, a lot of times, <laughs> you know, and you're ahead, you're a leader simply from jumping into the water, right? Ooh. And And I think that, um, we're hard on ourselves again, because jumping into the water and then swimming for 10 years <laughs> is a very, like, it's a long distance, you know, it's an ocean, right? And, um, the natural tendencies of us as human beings, patience, right? <laughs> Other sensitivities, um, set in along the way, because how could they not? They came from a former life, but now we're living a new one, but our former life sort of kind of keeps coming in constantly. Mm-hmm while we're cultivating this new one. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you're willing to deal with it makes you a leader. Oh, and that's it. So good. That's just it. It's, there's not like, you know, I mean, and I think Ruby talks a little bit about this as well too. You know, it's not, leadership isn't, let me get online and, you know, I'm going to tell you what you need to do. First of all, no, <laughs> I don't know what you need to do. Only you know it, you and God know what you need to do. But I can relate to you and I can play, I can lead myself and back to the full circle beginning of the conversation. I can, I can embody, I can be certain things and give out information based on what I'm learning by jumping in first and like, Oh, I'll go first. (laughs) I'll let you guys know how it goes. And anybody, if you feel like supporting this endeavor, by the way, that would be really great. (laughs) You know, we'll see where this goes. Um, But I assure you it'll be of quality and uh, of value. Right. And so simply by wanting to deal with things makes you a leader, how you deal with things creates the character that makes you a great leader. So you go from being a leader to what kind of leader can you be? You know what I mean? But you at least start off as one because you're already, you kind of broken off from the masses to understand yourself. That makes you a leader. But then there, I think it's really about developing your character consistently every single day. And yeah, it's challenging. Mm -hmm. Like it's still challenging. I want to tell people like it, it, it does get better. Well, they say, you know, it doesn't, it's not that it gets uh, better or it doesn't get better. You, or no, wait, it doesn't get easier. You just get better. I'd like to think I get that actually a lot because like as certain things pop up that you're like, oh, wow, if this were years ago, I would have totally caved. And even though that's a heightened thing from when I was a kid, because like as a kid, a much smaller thing seemed way bigger, but this is a way bigger like situation. I'm now better in my role and my character. So I'm like, Oh, okay, here's how we'll deal with it. Boom. It's gone. Versus like carrying something when you're 20 for like, I don't know, months, you know, half a year, <laughs> years. Uh, I'm gonna say, what are you talking about? Decades, <laughs> yeah, decades, traumas, you know, whatever it might be. Listen, traumas exist because we hang on to experiences that 
they just don't service anymore. Stop hanging on to them, but like lean into it. Why did I have that experience? What did I not like about it? Okay. If I didn't like this thing about it, what would I do differently? So I don't do it again. You know, and I I think that's why having this relationship again with ourselves, like it calms the nervous system very quickly versus like, what will they think? What will this, what will that? Oh, I don't want, I don't want this to happen again. Oh, I've had this before. So, you know, I'm prone to it. No, you're not. You just need your heart. Mm. It's just simply being like, okay, let me look at this thing. That did happen when I was 20. I really hated that. Why did I hate that? Oh, that's what happened. This happened. That happened. Okay. Why? Because, oh, that's not really in alignment with my values. That makes Mm -hmm. sense. Oh, wait. So that means my need is that I don't be treated this way or this way. Now, next time I'm I'm asked in a business deal or, you know, whether it's in in life or whatever, it might be like, oh, what do you need? Like, oh, uh, this is what I value and this is what I need. (laughs) Done. Like, I know it's not as simple because sometimes we hang on to things so strong, so tightly. But if we were to simplify it, that's what's kind of going on is leaning into the old trauma thing. Love on it just a minute by loving on it. And I don't mean guru guruing like love on it. I mean, like literally just be like, why didn't I like that? Oh yeah. That really sucked. Like I really don't like that. So what you're telling me is this God, that makes sense. Oh, and God, is that why you kept sending me people? So I eventually would take a time to be like, wait a minute. I actually don't like this. Mm-hmm. And then now that I understand that the next person in line that normally would have taught me the lesson won't be there to teach me the lesson because now I'm like, Oh, Hey, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. Um, listen, this is kind of how I do business. So if you're not game for that, I totally respect you, but this is the way I prefer to do it. So I'll, I'll love you either way. Boom. You just cut off the trauma line. It's gone. Yes. And that discernment then strengthens discernment. us. Right? That's so good. We could do an entire podcast on just a sermon. So beautifully said, Matt. Um, and you just summarized my recent dating experiences. <laughs> because, right, this is so holistic. And uh, and if we can't get clarity by doing our yeah. own personal deep work, right, to being able to discern, well, what do I need? What could be my request? And then discerning, is this person capable, not judging, of meeting and honoring those needs? Oh, yeah. no. Been there yeah. before. That's okay. You go do you and someone else is going to love what your gifts that you have to offer. But it's just, I need something different. So beautifully said. Just to add one thing to that, um, because I know there are a lot of people who heard that last line that you just said, uh, based (laughs) on what I was saying about needs. I don't mean needs that we should be doing ourselves. Needs in terms of character. Yes. And I say that because sometimes people go, oh, well, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. I need you to do that. I'm like, you're looking for, no, you want a man or a woman or whatever to do these things because that will initiate trust, if I'm hearing that correctly. So you need <laughs> trust, not they should fit a specific category. Anything that we want of anybody else in business and in personal has to be able to be reciprocated by ourselves, which means you have to know it yourself first. You cannot ask for anything. You, In my opinion, you cannot ask for anything that you cannot reciprocate. Beautifully said again. So <laughs> yes. that out there it could be a mic drop right here, <laughs> but I do have one final question only because yes. everyone wants to know how in the world does this end? And of course, none of us have that crystal ball. Uh, this is 
the biggest fight in humanity's history. Some people will call it an alignment, an awakening, the grand ascension. Um, I'm cool with all that, right? Like whatever works for you. But how do you think this plays itself out? First of all, for yourself and then the macro for all of humanity. Big question. I know. Don't worry. You're not going to be held to this coming true. Yeah, no. um, I feel I feel very you know, I know it might hit some people surprisingly good, but I'll, I'll pose a question to the audience first and to you and to, to everybody. Historically, and I've said this before, historically, throughout all of history, at least on planet Earth, tell me a time that the dark ultimately won. Can't. You can't. Mm-mm. You can't. It can get very messy. <laughs> and it does. And usually, just like in our personal lives, our individual selves, Mm. everybody has an enough point where they wake up and they're like, no one's coming to save me, are they? You're like, not really. (laughs) Like, so I have a lot of work to do, don't I? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. We're now experiencing it collectively. Mm. So I believe it'll be messy you know, for a little bit um, until there's kind of a massive, like <sighs> enough. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, but if you want to, if you need more matter of fact proof, when in the history has dark ever ultimately won, it has not ultimately light always wins and things happen even greater on the other side of that. We saw, you know, the Renaissance happen on the other side of the plague in the dark ages, right? One of the times, right? Oh, it was a true Renaissance. So, and then there's, you know, this little, little guides, little, little blips, little things along the way, the alignments of the planet, knowing that we moved out of, you know, if you want, there's ways to look at it scientifically, metaphysically, spiritually, you know, um, intuitively, however you want, astrologically, you know, being the age of air versus being the age of earth. We just left after 600 years. Go look those up. And what, what's the difference between the age of earth and the age of air? It's very like, there's a lot, there's a lot of, it, there's a lot of interesting, beautiful things potentially happening. And I, I tell people, I'm like, imagine that if you have an old world, if you will, crumbling um, on the outside, it's very pretty looking, right? Like the Titanic, mm-hmm. but on the inside, it was sinking. Mm-hmm. So it's, sometimes hard to look at the pretty thing just like we do with social media and think oh wait they're not actually struggling inside oh yeah they are (laughs) there's there's like a there's a there's a breaking um anything not built on a solid foundation has a date of expiration such as dark as well greed is an emotion it is not a sustaining emotion it cannot survive why because it's an emotion. And if we don't have our emotions in check, what happens? More, more, more. Let me piss off more. Let me piss off more. Let me piss off more. Let me push more, push more, push more. Until it was so greedy that it picked the wrong battle with the wrong like purpose or the wrong entity or the wrong whatever, or God, which is also works through people, whatever. And boom, like greed is an emotion that is not sustainable. So I, when you think, even if you want to just apply, whether it's, again, logic, metaphysics, intuition, matter of fact, mm-hmm. history, whatever, um, mm-hmm. dark never wins. It's just very messy in the middle. 
Um, greed ultimately never wins. Um, I, I know some will probably dispel that a little bit like, well, money, this money, that I'm like, well, money's really an energy. And we can talk about that on a different podcast. Um, you know, and, um, and we're moving into a new world as well, where we can also do that on another podcast. So I just ultimately feel like what is happening is there's quite a few of us that were prepared before last year and, um, have to continuously do the work because we know that once you're in the work, you're always in the work. And then, um, we can also help those that are now just kind of crossing into a new dynamic of work as one paradigm is falling. I do believe at the same time, another paradigm is, is growing. Well, you can't just unravel one like overnight and put up a new one in place of it. That's not, I also think how life works in anything, everything good takes time to build. So this Mm -hmm. is building. It looks over at the bad stuff and we're like, (sighs) got it. And it gets back to building, you know, because it's building from a, um, a solid foundation and good character. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so I'm very hopeful actually, and, and, and excited for a lot of things. Um, for me, I think it's just continuously expanding. Um, now is more of a time I believe for expanding, um, the, what I feel was preparation, the previous, you know, decades, if you will, um, and taking an even more active role, um, in, um, in leading by example, but also helping others along the way that are like, um, Hey, listen, I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first really is how I see it in a lot of ways. Right. That that's probably <laughs> the theme here of the constantly of the, of the podcast. And then for humanity, I feel like you're going to see, you know, I, I constantly say online um, a quote that I had, I had created said, everything that isn't real won't make it. Yes. And everything that is real will. Yes. And everything that isn't real that won't make it, it's the soul. It's traveling. Mm-hmm. And it'll probably come back after it, like, you know, goes and, you know, travels a bit and goes, oh, oh, you know, like, yeah. So, you know, I feel like we're, we're having a transition that's, you know, of, um, souls in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, it's just collectively it's growing, I think very, uh, quicker than it ever has before. You've never seen more, more medical doctors go more into both functional and medical, you know, you've never seen more people get pray more, um, learn more about themselves, you know, and yeah, it comes out in a variety of characters online, (laughs) but, but we've never seen more of that too. Yes. Some of the people in the, um, uh, this compartment of the world may not be seeing it, which is why sometimes they're also argumentative. They also don't see what we see. Like literally they physically don't see. I'm like, if I were to go on my stories, right. now, my stories on my highlights. It, yesterday was brilliant. I saw every single highlight of every type of person in every type of industry, all posts one or two of the same uh, posts that are, that have come out recently. That was like enough kind of, if you will, you know, it's not like, ha, like, you're out off your rocker and what a horrible mean thing does it like, you know, you're seeing it more and more and more um, when you're ready to see it. So I just, I think that there's a lot, a lot of beautiful collective energy growing um, and we'll be here to help others, but we're going to be fine. I believe we're absolutely going to be fine. And this is also practice. I'll end, I'll end with this. Look, just like at the individual level, when we see crap, we don't like, we have to deal with it. 
We have to mm-hmm. learn. It's a test. It's just mm-hmm. a test. It doesn't mean you have to carry it, but you have to learn how to like manage it and maneuver and maneuver through it and move through it and, and understand it and what it is in relation to you. Well, we're just happy to do that in the macro at the same time too. There's a lot of stuff we see that we don't like is so we have to actually question like, why don't we like this? What would I want as an alternative solution? Mm-hmm. What feels right? What can I do differently in my behavior? I'm not responsible for anybody else, nor will I let anybody else be responsible for me because it, you didn't care before, but now you care now. You didn't care before, you know, like when I, you know what I'm saying? Like we put a lot of self-reliance on a lot of people or not self-reliance. We put a lot of reliance on others. And it's interesting how like, well, you didn't, you necessarily weren't there before, but now you are. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't, I'm not talking about supporting like your small circle that supports you. I'm talking about like bigger entities, if you will. Yeah. We have to fortify ourselves more than anything. And that'll be beautiful because we'll have a lot more healthy, open-minded, like critical thinking, creative, supportive, Mm -hmm. um, hardworking, smart working, um, diligent, honest, direct people all interacting. Mm -hmm. That's what I hope for. And I believe we can actually get there. Just a lot of work as it's always been. Right. And I am down for it. And for me, that feels just to kind of circle back to the very top of this conversation, that distinction between urgency and hesitancy. There is no, I cannot go back to hesitancy, right? And and that's because I have practiced uh, cultivating courage and taking one step, any step, all the beautiful medicine that you have provided today, right? Just start. And then it won't even feel urgent. It'll be a knowing. You'll be pulled forward. You'll know what to do because you've learned to cultivate that deep, intuitive, you know, connection between you and God. And we put our faith there before everything. I just believe that we're going to have this incredible heaven on earth reality that actually can start right now. You know, I, I, I love that. And let me simplify it for anybody about the connection with God. Don't separate yourself sometimes through teachings and religions and all this other stuff. I mean, religion is great when I think it's spiritual, but what I mean by don't separate self, like just have, talk with God, like, yes. just have a conversation, just be like, Hey, what do you think about this? <laughs> like talk to God, like be like, I'm trying to figure this out and I need your help. I don't know yeah. what to do. Or, Hey, um, I'm thinking about doing this. Like, what are your thoughts? Like cultivate the practice of doing that or, or thanking, or mm. look at it more like a father, a best friend, a mentor, you know, like, again, how would we, some people don't want to do that or are scared to do that. I, and I, I was a long time ago until I realized like, Oh, because how I'm having a conversation with myself dictates my conversation with God. And now I get it. That's why self-love is so important. Cause like, if we constantly do it for ourselves, we're like, Oh, I'm like, but you knew that, didn't you? You know? And it's like, Oh, <laughs> to have this, like, this greater understanding of like, Oh, that makes so much more sense now. And then, and, and then we can hear God whisper. We can hear. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's very loud, but we can, the whisper is like the regular conversation. Like, Oh yeah, no, it's like, it's instant. It's that instant answer. The moment you ask, you know, you know, practice for a while imparting what you know, like do the work of what you know. Um, sometimes it, I said this recently, sometimes it takes practicing practice on, um, you know, testing theories, like 
did I hear that right? Let me go do the opposite thing. And then you do the opposite thing, right? And you're like, yeah, okay, I got it. And then what do we do sometimes? Let me go back one more time. <laughs> and we keep going like a couple of times because, you know, short-term desires or short-term, you know, uh, needs or lack of faith or lack of trust or fear or whatever, right? But we know. And so if you need a test, that's okay too, because at least then you have an answer, right? So Exactly. And it's all helping us to move forward. And that's the only point, moving forward while remaining completely you know, present, which is always the paradox. I feel like I could go on and on and on. I would love to have you back on the show another time. There's going to be a lot of life that happens basically day over day, (laughs) over month, right? In this new year, Matt Gottesman, what an absolute pleasure uh, and honor to spend this time with you. Thank you very much for bringing your strength and your love and your courage to, to my listeners. I really appreciate you. Uh, thank you so much. It's a, it's a two-way street, you know, to have great conversations and, you know, uh, all of us kind of come together as a community. That's cool. That's really special. So I, I <laughs> the invitation, I'm honored to. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for listening to Fire and Soul. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. And if you'd like to connect on social, you can find me anywhere at Michelle Sorrow. Or if you'd like to reach out to me directly, you can at fireandsoulpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.